0: There's a there's a lot of doctrine in that song, Amen. You're like reading today. You're going, man, you have to almost explain every verse. Yeah. I mean, you could probably teach that song. Yeah. Yeah. That's your job, Pat. I'm not gonna do that one. <laughs> do that one for Pastor. That one's a yeah, yeah. You gotta be able to sing it. The- yeah, it's it's a good one. But <laughs> like I Dennis said, though, it's a uh, it's that time of year. You know, we call it Christmas. You know, it's more about Jesus. More about Christ, and uh, we got to take advantage of that opportunity with tracks, with just being an example and sharing the love of Christ had for us. Amen. Um, this message is not a Christmas message. This is kind of a continuation with the first one I, well, I mentioned there. With us, uh, so First Samuel chapter eight, if you would. First um, Samuel chapter eight. If I keep going, I'll probably just keep on going through there. But I did get bogged down in this. Um, for those that weren't here, first Samuel starts out there with obviously Samuel. <laughs> Duh. I <laughs> opened her there when I was, like, that was a profound, write that one down. Huh? Samuel, it's already written down, but, uh, Samuel, you know, he gets, uh, he gets in there. Hannah donates him and, and Elkanah as well. Cana donate him as well. And he, he goes in there and he's, he's, uh, Eli's minister. He ministers unto Eli, um, they trust in the, the golden box to, you know, the, to come bring them victory. Um, Eli's sons were, were wicked. The Bible says that they were sons of Belial, and, and they didn't know God, but these guys were the priests, and they didn't know him. Um, they have that battle. The Philistines came up. They, they take the Ark of the Covenant over, and they get the emeralds. We already, we're just going to keep going. <laughs> Dagon gets hacked down they realize you know what this got this ark of the covenant is not good for us they send this thing off and it goes over into Kirjath jearim and in chapter 1st Samuel chapter number 7 they have one of the greatest revivals there was right there and we'll get into that in a little bit so then it gets and now uh Eli's dead Hophni and Phinehas are dead and now Samuel is the prophet he's the prophet he's the priest he's the man in charge and he's gonna lead these people through. Get your hearts right with God. That's what he's preaching. Set your, get get your heart right with God. Put the idols behind you. Right. You know, and then it says they poured out and they fasted on that day, and that's when that lamb came up. Remember, they said, and as he brought up the sucking lamb. He brought up a sucking lamb. I mean I'm gonna try not to. The typology there is just let's just read it. I don't want to be have a little grace with me. First Samuel chapter number seven. And in verse number 9, I mean, the children of Israel didn't even know what to do, right? The Philistines are coming up to kill them. Eli and, and Hophni and Phineas are preaching, get the golden box, it'll save us. And that didn't happen. We watched all of them die. So 20 years goes by, and now Samuel's preaching, if you do return with all your hearts. And then he's preaching fasting. And they go from one day fasting and the children of Israel in verse number eight said to Samuel, cease not to cry unto the Lord for our God for us, for he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. I like how it says he will save us. You know, Jesus Christ will save you. Yes. And the very next verse, it says, and Samuel took a what? A sucking lamb, a young lamb. Behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world and offered up before a burnt offering, holy Unto the Lord and Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up that burnt offering, the Philistines drew near. Now it says, as he was, he's offering up that lamb. The Philistines are coming up. I mean, what a picture, what a picture of new Testament salvation. You know what I mean? There they are there that that's the lambs being sacrificed and i burnt offering. The Philistines are coming in. And right then it says the Lord thundered with a great thunder. That power of God came in there and they went from fasting to fighting and in verse 9, and they had this, this greatest revival, I think, in 1 Samuel. That's my opinion. My opinion. And then it goes right into you know what? We don't want God anymore. You know what we want in 1 Samuel chapter 8? We want a king. We don't want the king that we're supposed to get. We're not looking for that king. We want a, a man made king. And it says and it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now, the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abiah, and and they were judges in Beersheba. And we went through what Beersheba, and I got through Bethel, right? And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after Lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together, and came to Samuel uh, unto Ramah. And he said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the other nations." But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord and the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they have said in thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. Right. And we went through this and I cut it short a little bit. And uh, we went kind of through, I said, because I'll just admit it. I read the Bible and sometimes I get, I, I interpreted it wrong. I've preached this thing before. Well, you know what? Samuel didn't raise his boys right. I've said it. And I myself believe I was wrong in that statement, as I tried to prove last time. Not try to prove it, but it's just my opinion. But we went through. When you start raising up your kids, it gets to a certain point, they're going to have to make their own decisions. Whether they want to serve God and go on and be like their parents and it was real in their parents' lives. Or if it's not going to be there, you know what? I'm going to get a car now. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to get a house. I'm going to I'm going to make a bunch of money. And I'm going to go on and I'm just going to make money. And that's what I think his kids did. It's my opinion. It's not doctrine. That's what I think. And the reason I, th- reason I thought that, we went through the whole thing last time. But I, I missed a couple though. But... Um, God doesn't even mention Samuel's boys here. He doesn't. He said, The Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they said unto thee, for they have not rejected thee. Speaking of Samuel, not his kids. But have rejected me that I should not reign over them. He said, look, man, it ain't about you and your kids. It's about they don't want me to reign over them. They don't want me. You know what I like about this is, and this is, this is a great thing is even if, even if your kids do get a little bit backslidden, I mean, is, is God still talking to Samuel here? Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. God, if you, if you want a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you want a relationship with God, God will have a relationship with you no matter what anybody else says, period. God will always open his way to you. If you're willing to come to him with your open heart and be want him. He will draw near to you. Not because of what your kids might want to do. But some people live with that guilt. It happens. Prodigal son, I guarantee he was, the father was always looking for him. Man, when's he going to come back? When's he going to come back? But you know what? God still used Samuel. Still talked with him. Um, doesn't mention Samuel's boys. God mentioned Eli's boys. <laughs> Twice. But he don't mention Samuel's boys. No. It's not about them. You know what? And so we went into Bethel. So this was more of a lesson on, and his sons walked not in his ways but turned aside, here it is. His sons walked, verse number three, knock, 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 lala. And his sons walked not in his ways but turned aside after lucre. So Samuel's ways. In verse number sixteen of chapter number seven. And he went from year to year to circuit to Bethel. And Bethel was that what? That was the house of God. And we talked about that how how excuse um, me a minute here we went. Jacob was there. Um, all that strife that happened in Beersheba, that's where Samuel's boys reigned or judged. Then he went to Bethel and Bethel was after he got out of all that stuff with mom and dad and, and killing the goats and tricking his brothers. He gets over and he has that dream of the angels descending and going up. And he said, he builds that pillar and this place is called Bethel. This is where he met with God. This is a place. Bethel is a place. It's called the house of God. That's what it is. That's what it means. So this, this, in and of itself is just what do these words mean. How this will help you in your life. This pattern, this circuit of Bethel, Gilgal, Mizpah, and where his return was to Ramah. It'll help you. This little pattern, this little circuit, if we just keep this little thing, it'll help you. First you get to go to, to, to Bethel. You gotta have that meeting with God in your life. You gotta have a place in your life when it's not just church. It's not just Sunday morning. It's not just Wednesday service. You know, if you if you're Relying on that, you're starving. I mean, you're fasting in the wrong way. But you need to have that time personally every single day when you come and you meet with the Lord and stuff from He reveals unto you and He pours out unto you and you pour out to Him, Lord, teach me, Lord, help me, Lord, guide me. And it becomes real in your life, especially as a young person, even more as an adult. And we talked about that we talk about this. How about Gilgal? Gilgal was a. Gilgal means a rolling away, a rolling away. Or what's funny is that you could even ha- interpret Rolling Stones. Don't think for a second all these musical artists haven't. I mean, Rolling Stones that can be even mean to the tomb. I've heard it preached that there was the tomb. They rolled the stone away from the tomb. Rolling Stones, Gilgal, rolling away of the flesh. Rolling Stones image even has the flaming lips. You got an axe. It's it's biblical. It's out there. You just gotta see it. It's just used in the wrong way. They take Bible and they throw it right out there in front of your face and you go, wait a second, I've seen that before. Anyhow, it's just something to when you're out there in the world, you're like, look, they take that and used it in the wrong way. But Gilgal Samuel went from Bethel to Gilgal. This is a place where the flesh was crucified. The significance of Gilgal in history was this. After entering into the promised land, Joshua and the children of Israel encamped at Gilgal. So as soon as they came across the Jordan, that's Joshua 4.19. For sake of time, I'm going to turn there. Joshua comes across the Jordan. That's an act of faith. The priests set their foot in there. Then the sea parted, different from when the Red Sea was, where they just said, stand still and see salvation of the Lord. This was actually an act of faith. They had to take the step first. First, after they go in there, the first place they get to over there is in Gilgal. Gilgal is that type of the flesh. And this is where the generation submitted to circumcision, the cutting away of the flesh. Joshua 5, verses 7 to 8. They carried out the circumcision of the flesh that their forefathers had failed, and the Bible says that their reproach was rolled away. And there's kids in here, so we're just, you know what I mean? We all know what this is, right? Circumcision. But that Bible teaches us elsewhere, you know, that circumcision of the flesh. Crucified. you got to get that flesh right. you got to get that flesh right. You get saved, you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and what? now all of a sudden you're just going to start, woo I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to keep doing No, 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 no. You better start getting that flesh in check. When I was lost, I never did that. I never wanted to do that. I didn't have anybody tell me it was bad. You know what I mean? But you start getting, you let that flesh run you, you let that flesh rule you, you're going to have problems. That's not the way Samuel did it. Samuel went from Bethel to Gilgal. Um... Bethel's that spent time with God in the house of God, but that's but you got to get that flesh right, and that circumcision unto God. Gilgal, and then Gilgal also has become the base camp for their fight against the enemy. So they'd go out to Jericho, they'd go out to Jericho, they'd fight that battle, and they'd come back. It's kind of neat when you read that, and you get that flesh right. Go out to I, they come back to Gilgal. Go out to Macedonia, and they come back to Gilgal. But you know what? You're always, always going to have a battle with that flesh. It's a law. The flesh can never produce a victory, it actually stands in the way. Uh, turn over to Galatians chapter 5. Hold your place there in 1 Samuel. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And we've all had that battle, especially as adults. Some of you kids, you're going in there, you're going to start learning this thing. You always have this constant, I want to do the thing that's right, but I end up doing the thing that's wrong. It's not a new thing. <laughs> it's not new. Everybody... Paul talked about this. You know, he's, and we'll get to that. He said, you need to walk in the Spirit. Verses 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now you can tell, I mean, and, and it goes on in here, what, what are the works of the flesh? Verse 19. The flesh are manifest, are these idolatry, fornification, uncleanness, lasciviousness. And you can go through there and read all those. And this is where we get, but the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, is love, joy. Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So if I'm angry and I'm ticked off and I want to cut off the driver in front of me and punch his face out, am I in the flesh or am I in the spirit there? (laughs) Sorry, that's a Mike Nemeth illustration. (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) It's pretty self-explanatory. But then it can get down just a little subtle, subtle thoughts because the devil's tricky. It, the devil's real tricky. You might just want not like one little person. I don't really like that person. That's what I like about David when he says over there in Psalms 139 verse 20, I think it's 30 something, he goes, Lord, I hate them with a perfect hatred. <laughs> you know what his next verse, the next word is? Lord, search me that there be not any wicked thing in me. I wrote right in there, confess the people you hate. And I just wrote it in there. I don't want to let, the, I hate that guy and let that build. You know what I mean? Lord search me. Am I, am I even wrong in this? My flesh gonna take over. I'm, obviously I'm not walking in the spirit right now. Or if I keep going with this thought, I'm not going to. My actions are gonna take hold and I'm gonna pound somebody. Moving right along. <laughs> This is why you need to walk in the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Look at 24 and, 24 and 25. It says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Don't you got to live there? You start getting those thoughts. You want to pounce that guy that cuts you off there, just get it in check right quick. Bring every thought in that, cap- that captivity and the obedience of Christ. Just bring it in there spiritually. Capture it quick because it the flesh is fast to react, isn't it? I mean, especially for a man, I can't speak on behalf of the women, but God know. I mean, the stuff sometimes, I, I mean, I'm not even going to go there. We all know. If you're a man in here, you know. You know, Bible says, flesh profiteth nothing. Flesh profiteth nothing. And those that are in the flesh cannot please God. The carnal mind is enmity with God and is not subject to God. You know, it's a good day. Turn over there to Romans chapter 7 real quick. Romans chapter 7. We're going to go through this. It's a good day. When you enter into Gilgal, because it'll get you out of Romans chapter 7 and into Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 7, we all know this. If you've been in church for a little bit of a while, this is, here's, here's the verse, verse number 21. Or here, look, look at verse number 18. I like this. I like this. I love this whole book. Praise God. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth what? No good thing. No good thing. Amen. Verse number 21. I find a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And we forget that. We forget that. And I told the teens in the class, you said, well, you know why that is? Because there's two trees in that garden. There's one tree that knowledge of what? Good and evil. It's the same tree. It's the same tree. Good and evil. I find then a law that when I do good, evil is present with me. It's the same tree, folks. It's the same roots. And there's another tree though that you've got to get into. That's that tree of life. That's that that's that tree of Jesus Christ. That's that tree of God. That's that that's that one you want, that eternal life. Calling on Him, believing on Him, and accepting Him as your personal Savior and watch yourself grow and bear fruit and check yourself. Make sure you got that flesh in check, that gilgal, that you're walking in the Spirit. In verse number 8, verse 1, there, there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And you go through this now for sake of time, I just encourage you to read it. All of chapter number 8 especially if you want to think on those things spiritual, have that spiritual walk. It's a blessing. I mean, Paul just lays it out there. Romans is, it's awesome. So now Bethel is the house of God. Did you get to spend time in Bethel? Bethel means house of God. You got to spend time with the Lord Gilgal. That's that rolling away, that flesh circumcised. And and Mizpah, Mizpah means watchtower. So turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 7. Again. This flavor's not that good. Thank you for buying it though. It's, it's works. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Do you like it <laughs> anyhow? First Samuel. First Samuel chapter seven. It says, and he went from year to year and circled from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah. So Mizpah, again, with Jacob and Laban. So Jacob, God tells Jacob in Genesis chapter 31, he says, you know what? He says, go out there. And he says, go back to Bethel. Jacob had already been serving Laban, his uncle, for, uh, for his wives. Jacob takes all, and, and God tells him, he says, you know what? Go back to Bethel. So Jacob takes up all his sons, he leaves his treasure, and he leaves, he takes his treasures, takes his wives, and, and he doesn't say anything to, to Laban. You remember this story? Yes. So Laban catches up to him and he says, you know what, you stole my daughters as if you took them by the sword. I mean, it's just like, what? Are you kidding me, buddy? And Jacob ain't gonna let it fly, you know what I mean? So Jacob just says, you know what, that ain't true. He says, you know what, I, 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 he was wroth, and he says, 20 years I served you. 20 years which is interesting cuz that's actually the 20 years over there in and, and 1 Samuel chapter 7 also which is anyhow served him 14 years for two of his daughters 6 years for the cattle and the guy changed his wages 10 times but Jacob and Laban they come to this agreement right cuz they're all they're at odds with one another and Jacob and Laban they come up to this agreement and he goes you know what you're not gonna go over there and I'm not gonna go over there. So they have this pillar and they set up this pillar. And one guy calls it this and it's this, and it means for a witness. Another guy calls it this and it means for a witness. And then it says this, and I said, but this name, but it says, but that is called Mizpah. And you know what Mizpah is? Mizpah means high tower. But every time you're gonna, if you're gonna go in Ethel and you're gonna, Bethel and you're gonna spend time with God, You're going to spend that time with God. You're going to dedicate that time and try to have a a good relationship with the Lord. And then you're going to try to crucify your flesh. You're going to try to get that flesh right, roll that flesh away. You know what's going to happen? You're going to have an opposition. I guarantee it. You can write that down. Every single time you want to do something for the Lord, somebody's going to come in and say, oh yeah, why are you doing that? (laughs) Every single time. And it's probably going to be a friend and a family member. Or it could be a foe, which we will see over in the Philistines. Every time. Try doing something for the Lord. Just just let it say, you know, you're right, you're right, Brother Mike, that took two weeks. (laughs) Just just read it. (laughs) Just read it. You try to do something for the Lord and somebody something happened, you know what I mean? It just it just happens. You try living for the Lord and it's gonna happen. But you know what? That's okay because God's your high tower. God's going to take care of you. First um, Samuel chapter number 7, look at this. This is actually, it's really cool. They have this Gilgal moment, so to speak. First Samuel chapter 7, we already read it once. And the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadad in the hill and sanctified Eleazar's son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kirjath-Jerim that the same was long, for it was 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Now, does that sound like a getting the flesh right? Yeah. Really quick. That sounds like they're trying to get their flesh right. Not only that, but it goes down even further into verse number six. And they gathered together to where? Mizpah, verse number six. And drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. So there it is. You got family over there where it started over there with Jit, with Jit, with Laban, and now you come in here. You got the foes with the Philistines right after they just have this Gilgal moment. You know what happens? Opposition. Right then, but you know what? God's your high tower. Verse number ten says the Lord thundered with a with a great thunder from above. You know what that sounds like? A high tower to me. But you know what? You got it. When you get that, when you get that opposition, you can't get mad at whoever it's going to be. Somebody's going to come out there—your family, a friend, a foe—and they're going to be like for whatever. Go to God with it. Don't go back to the flesh, like Samson. Samson's a great illustration of living in the flesh. He is. You read it, and you're like, "Man, I got but God is so graceful and merciful, He just put that Spirit upon Him. But the Bible also says He took it and He departed and He didn't know it. That's scary. You better know the Spirit difference between living in the flesh and the Spirit. But God's your high tower. So Bethel is the house of God. You're spending time with the Lord. Gilgal, that's that rolling away, the circumcision of the flesh, the... The bat, the walking in the spirit and serving God. And Mizpah is always, you always, if you, if you do that in that, in that order, that circuit that's laid out there, you're always going to get that opposition. Somebody's always going to come up to you. And that's that God's your high tower. But Ramah, verse 17, it means high and exalted. And look at First Samuel chapter 7 and verse number 17, and his, and his return was to Ramah. So verse 16, he went from year to year in circuit to Bethel, to Gilgal, to Mizpah, and Judge Israel, all those places, and his return was to Ramah. And you know what Ramah means? It means high and exalted. And if you keep that Bethel, servant, the house of God, that relationship, you keep that Gilgal, right? And you trust that the Lord's just gonna be your high tower, you know where you'll live? You'll live in a high and exalted place. Does that make sense? Not a place that you exalted. But it's a place that the God's going to put you because you know what? I'm trying to do the best I can for you, God. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to have a relationship with you. And even when all these things are going wrong, I'm just going to trust in you. I'm going to get my flesh right. I'm going to keep it right. I'm going to try to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. And even though all these people come up against me and do these things, you know what? I'm just going to trust in God that you're going to be my high tower. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to put you in a high exalted place. That's an order. That you can follow. It's where Samuel lived. And you know what? People couldn't say anything bad about him. First Samuel chapter 12, we already went through all that. He said, witness against me now. And we can't say nothing about you. Sounds like he had it in check. Sounds like he knew how to walk in the Spirit. Sounds like he had a lot of things right. And you keep that order. But this part's really cool. I want to show you one thing, we'll be done. So first Samuel chapter eight, right? This is where they want a king, right? They're going to write First Samuel chapter nine, Saul is chosen to be a king. We all know that Saul is going to be this chosen king. Turn over there to First Samuel chapter number 15. This is and we all know the I think Dan coins it the best, Saul the psychopath. I like that. I'm just gonna you know, I'm just gonna run with it. Psycho Saul, you know. But Saul was always he, he never he never did things right. He just always struggled. He's always doing things his way. Or he didn't know what to do. He just oh, I'm gonna, I can do it myself. I got it, I gotta figure it out. <laughs> Wait a second. I got it, you know. Saul didn't do what he was supposed to do. Look at this. Verse 15, number three says, now go to, and this is the Lord tells him, he says, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that he have and, and spare them not, but slay both man and women, infant and suckling ox and sheep, camel and ass, right? So kill everything there, kill them all, get rid of all of them, but he doesn't do that. Verse 20, And Saul said unto Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag the king of Amalek and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoiled sheep and oxen and the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. So get that. So he's going to say, you know what? I'm going to bring my ways back to Gilgal where I'm supposed to be getting the flesh right. My ways. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not what God asked you to do. It doesn't work that way. Verse number, we'll just read it. And Samuel said, hath the Lord has great delight in verse 22. And Samuel said, hath the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. That's, that's Bible. That's right. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. If you're rebelling against your parents, or if you're rebelling against any authority, or if you're rebelling against God, that's considered witchcraft. And stubbornness as iniquity is as idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. Notice notice this in verse number 24, who he feared. And Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, but I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Kind of like Pilate was talking about, Pastor talking about Pilate this morning. Oh, I just want to please the people. Careful. Better just do what God says. And it gets down there to verse number 32. And Samuel said, As the word... And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made... And he's talking to Agag here. Verse 32, I'm sorry. And when Samuel bring hither to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites, and Agag came... Unto him delicately, and Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord. And where? Got that flesh right, didn't he? (laughs) I like that. That's good Bible right there. (laughs) He got that flesh right. He says, You know what I'm going to do? I'll obey the Lord for you. (laughs) I'm going to show you how it's done. You wanna know what's really cool? The next verse. And Samuel went to where? Ramah. Ramah. He went to that high exalted place after he did that. But where did Saul go? Gibeah. Gibeah of Saul. You know what Gibeah is? It's a hill. That's not a high exalted place. That's a self-will. In fact, it's called Gibeah of Saul. You know what that hill is? That's Saul's hill. That's Saul's ways. That's Saul's own self. You know where Gibeah actually starts out? We ain't gonna go there because there's kids in here? Last chapter of Judges. We don't know what happens last chapter of Judges, right? Concubine? We're not going there. That's Gibeah. That's where he stayed. That makes sense? That's scary. That's the hill you make, Gibeah. Everybody did that which was right in their own eyes. That ain't the place God put you up, high and exalted, because you you saw them in Bethel. You got that flesh right. You depended on him in Mizpah, and now you're going to dwell in a high, exalted place. No, you went to Gibeah. And he brought it back to Gilgal. So in closing, Bethel. It's the house of God. That's what it means. Spend time with the Lord. Gilgal, that's that rolling away. You get that flesh right. Circumcise yourself. Crucify that flesh. Get that, get that flesh right. Walk in the Spirit. Mizpah. Once you get that right, don't jump back out there and start fighting your own battles. Preaching it myself. (laughs) Got my own face well in that one. Depend on God to fight those battles for you. He is your high tower. He'll watch over you. He'll do all that for you. That lamb. You do all those, you'll live in Ramah, that high exalted place. Does that make sense? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this book. Lord, I thank you, Lord, just for how precious and how wonderful it is. Lord, thank you for, Lord, your word. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. I pray you touch everybody's hearts today, and we just seek you all the much more, Lord, and help us, Lord, just to be a blessing to somebody out there in this world today that needs it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.